The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. When Jesus saw the crowds, he went up the mountain. And after he had sat down, his disciples came to him. He began to teach them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are they who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the land. Blessed are they who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be satisfied. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Blessed are the clean of heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Blessed are they who are persecuted for the sake of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when they insult you and persecute you and utter every kind of evil falsely against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward will be great in heaven. The Gospel of the Lord. There's an expression that says, um, you can never get enough of what you don't really need. And I think that could almost be like a motto of Christianity. You can never get enough of what you don't really need. All of these readings, more or less, are talking about that. If you'll notice in all of the readings, they have to do with, the first one is, seek the Lord, all you humble of the earth. Seek the Lord, seek humility. So the prophet Zephaniah is talking about, he's talking to the humble people, those who are Uh, I will actually get back to that word later. Those who are poor, those who are humble. The second reading, St. Paul is talking to the Christian community in Corinth, and he says, look, all of you early Christians here, not very many of you are wealthy or well-educated or prestigious or cool. Frankly, St. Paul came short of saying, look, most of you guys are dorks, okay? (laughs) He didn't say that, but uh, he almost could have. And the gospel is Jesus talking to the crowd, saying, Blessed are you, the poor in spirit, blessed are they who mourn, blessed are the meek, blessed are the merciful, blessed are the pure of heart, etc. All of these readings talk about groups of people that are experiencing and living a set of values that are contrary to what we naturally tend to seek. We naturally tend to seek to be famous, to be popular, to be at least well-loved. Some of us are shy, so I don't want to be popular. Okay, well, yes, you do. Maybe you don't want to be famous because you're too shy to be in the limelight, but nobody wants to go through life just being totally obscure and ignored. We all desire to be loved. We all desire comfort. We all desire a certain level of prestige. We all desire that our work and our, what we do be recognized and we feel good when people give us the pat on the back or put the medal on us or, or whatever the particular thing is. We, there's part of us that aspires to that. And nonetheless, what all of these readings are saying is, these things are not the end game. So if we're going to live lives that are happy, as Jesus says, that are blessed, then we need to keep in mind what is the end game. So in that light, the first reading again in the prophet Zephaniah, there's a word that in English they translate it humble. 
Seek the Lord, seek humility. I am not a Hebrew scholar, but I would be willing to bet serious money that when he's preaching that the writer here is using the word anawim. It was a Hebrew word. And who are the anawim? They show up constantly in the Old Testament. The anawim were the poor. And it also could apply to the humble. And God frequently talks about, you know, God looks with favor on those who are poor. Frequently, God will talk about those who are widows, those who are orphans, those who are poor. Why? Because the widows back then, there were no public safety nets. There were no, you know, food stamps or governmental support or, or, you know, unemployment checks or any of that stuff back then. So if you were a widow, for example, especially if you're a widow and you didn't have children or your children died, you were alone. You were alone in the world wondering how am I going to get through today? If you were an orphan, they didn't have orphanages back then. They didn't have, you know, nuns that would take people in like the the church founded centuries later. If you were an orphan, what did you do? You lived on the streets. You live day by day, wondering how am I going to get by to the next day. So these are who the poor are. Now why in the world would God say that blessed are the poor, blessed are the widows, blessed are the orphans, all these categories of people? Well, they're blessed because, first of all, because the Lord is compassionate and he sees what we don't. But because they have nobody else to turn to. They have no other securities in life, and therefore they are naturally inclined to turn to God Almighty. And he is the one thing that we are actually made for. Why does, why do sacred scriptures talk so much about, especially Jesus, you know, cursed are you who are wealthy, cursed are you who have, it's not because people who have money can't be holy. There have been saints who had plenty of money, saints who were tremendously wealthy and whatnot. But the idea is this. Wealth and popularity and fame and all the different things that we tend to naturally aspire to can become tremendous distractions. And if we're not careful, they can become, quote-unquote, little gods to us. If we go through our lives and our primary goal in life is to be, you know, quote-unquote, successful, how many of us, you know, how many of us, if, I, if we were to talk, maybe if, the, if I were to ask you, some of the kids would raise their hand and say, well, I just want to be holy because they know that's what I want to hear. But I wonder, you know, just if some random person were to check in with our kids and say, okay, what is your aspiration in life? You know, when you grow older, what would you like to be? When you die, how would you like to be remembered? I wonder how many people would say, I want to be remembered as a man or a woman of God. That's not what we teach people. That's not what our society inculcates. People get trained from an early age to say, I want to be a doctor, I want to be a lawyer, I want to live uh, you know, wealthy and comfortable, and, and again, things that are not in and of themselves bad. But the problem is, if that is really the focus of our life, you will never get enough of what you don't, what you don't really need. You'll never get enough of that for which you are not made. History is full of the wreckage of people who seek money because they think that is, at least subconsciously, they think that is what is going to make them happy. 
People, history is full of the wreckage of people who seek all kinds of different things. And again, things that are not bad. But that if they become our primary goal in life, they will betray us. They will leave us unhappy. When Jesus preaches the Beatitudes, the word Beatitude, what does it mean? It means blessedness, but what is the origin of that word? It means happy. Supreme happiness. When you are in heaven, you are blessed. Okay? What Jesus is preaching in the Beatitudes, he says, if you want to be happy, here is how you do it. And it's all the th it turns on its head completely what our ordinary hierarchy of values and criterion would be. Blessed are you who are poor in spirit. Notice he doesn't say, by the way, blessed are you who are materially poor. St. Luke actually says that, but St. Matthew here makes a distinction. You who are poor in spirit. I've known plenty of poor people, materially poor people, who are not spiritually poor because their only aspiration in life was to get rich. And, you know, and they, that was it. I've lived in third world countries and stuff, and you see people living really in just squalor. Understandably, their sense of salvation is kind of an economic sense, but that will not make them happy. I have known plenty of other people in third world countries that live in the same kind of squalor and are completely happy because, that is, because they have a sense of what I am made for. They're perfectly content with the little that they have because they understand I am made to love and be loved. My family, my relationships, and ultimately my God these are the things that make me happy. One time when I was doing a mission on an island in the Philippines where um, is one of these islands where there's almost no electricity. They've got a generator. So like you get 18 hours on, 18 hours off for the electricity because it didn't have enough power to give to the whole island. So they just kind of go in shifts. And, you know, there, were no, there was no running water. There were just wells and pumps and stuff like that. There were no cement roads. Along the coast, there are a couple of stretches, maybe a mile or two, where you've got some cement slabs. But for the most part, it's just dirt trails, and people fish, and, you know, pigs and coconuts and the whole nine yards. So I went there. I, would, I used to go every year and bring my high school and college-age kids there and do missions, and the kids I dealt with tended to come from the very high-class families. And if you're in one of those countries... If you have money, that also means you have drivers and maids and cooks and bodyguards and the whole, you know, whole flotilla of people around you to take care of you. Um, you know, it's like you, in the United States, you'd have to be Rockefeller to, to live that kind of lifestyle. But here, over there, it's like, well, legitimate. If you are upper middle class or, or higher, you, you have that. So these kids were used to all the comforts, and I would bring them to this island. So there's this one kid... And he was kind of really materialistic. It's, it was when iPhones were the new thing. You know, they just kind of come out. And, you know, he had to have the latest Air Jordans, which were still cool, apparently. He had to have the iPhone. He had to have, you know, whatever. I don't even know. Whatever the cool clothing was and the cool this and the cool that. And he was always aspiring to those things. And about a day and a half into the mission, I see him, and it's really cute, because there's this unfinished house, it's just this unfinished cement wall, and he's sitting in this open windowsill with, like, this five-year-old girl named Carla. She's super cute. Um, and, you know, his feet are basically touching the ground, and her feet are dangling there, barefoot, in shorts, you know. <laughs> and I see him, and it's like he's going to spiritual direction with this five-year-old, 
and he's a college kid. So afterwards, I asked him, I said, hey, uh, what were you talking to Carla about? And he said, well, here's the thing, Father. Um, I've been here like a day and a half on this island, and they have nothing. And I realized the people on the island are happier than I am. So I started talking to Carla. I said, why are you people so happy? And he's going, like I said, he's, he's getting his life philosophy from a five-year-old. <laughs> um, probably some of us could do, it would not hurt us either. <laughs> so he, and he talks to this little girl, like I said, you know, literally she walks like barefoot to school a mile and a half and back every day or whatever over these hills and stuff. And she looks at him and says, well, um, I've got food. I've got family, and uh, what else do you need? And the kid was just like, <laughs> he almost fell off the wall. <laughs> now, what she forgot to say was, yeah, God. But anyway, you know, I'm going to cut her some slack. But the kid was blown away. This is college kid who was looking for his happiness in everywhere except for where he was really going to find it. And here's this five-year-old girl who gave him a pretty good answer. This is what the Beatitudes are about. It is about not getting distracted, not trying to fill a hole with things that will not fill it. If you have a pit, you know, you dig a big pit in your backyard, you can fill it up with all kinds of things. You can fill it up with oxygen. It's not going to do you a lot of good. You can get an oxygen tank and blow on it all day long. It's not going to get any fuller for you, right? Uh, you know, the, we need, our hearts are made to be filled with only one thing at the end of the day. We are made by God, we are made for God. And our, when we try to fill that space with anything else, we will inevitably be betrayed. The bright side is, when we do truly put God in the center, and the only way we can really do that, by the way, is by being willing to be stripped of certain things. Some of us, I think, think that we put God in the center, but if God starts taking little things away from you, it's like we complain and we lose our faith and we lose, oh, well, this is unjust. God shouldn't have taken my mother. She's only 96 years old. She still had plenty of years in her. Okay, you know what? <laughs> he did. Um, sometimes when God takes things away from us, if we find ourselves kicking and screaming, recognize that that means you're attached to that thing and you will need to be purified of it if you truly want to open your heart to God. So when we do that, we will be blessed. To be blessed means ultimately to be happy, and that is what God's plan is for us. In the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, 